Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is the Game Bites Podcast, the podcast for August the 30th, 2015. My name is Legrand Jolly, joined as always with my hosts, Jeremy Lamont and Dale Jones. Hello, guys. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. And how are you guys doing tonight? All right? Yeah. It is a good night for the video games. Yeah, video games. Uh, yeah, a lot of good video game news has come out. I mean, PAX was this last week, and uh, there's been some things that have come up out of that. Uh, YouTube gaming launch, we'll be talking a little bit about that, and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, this is the podcast where we talk about the news and new releases and things like that for the week. We also talk about video games that we've been playing midweek on a Wednesday, and um, that's basically how the show goes. So let it be written, so let it be done. All right, so I, I got a I got a, a bone to pick with uh, Microsoft very, very first to start us off. It's not really news, but... So micro- <laughs> Windows... <laughs> the bone to pick segment. I, th- this, is, this is the forum. This is the episode where we can I can rant about... The airing of grievances. Kind of pissing me off. But yeah. uh, So Microsoft, Windows 10 came out, and Microsoft offered it for free to everybody who owned Windows 7 and Windows 8, right? Right. Yeah. So you had to reserve your copy, and then it would say, hey, it's time to upgrade, and you would click a button, and it would upgrade to Windows 10. So um, I did that, and I ran Windows 10, and it was fine, and um, you know, everything was cool. And then I'm like, you know what? I should just reformat. And usually when I install a new OS, I always reformat and um, you know install it clean for brand new hard drives or whatever, that type of thing. It's so, just smart. That's right. So for whatever reason, this week, I was like, okay, I'm going to do that this week. And I got it. I got the uh, Windows 10 Pro install all prepared on a little thumb drive so I could reinstall it. And then I reformatted my stuff and uh, installed it. And I was kind of following a guide. I'm like, hey, how do I do this? Because you never really get a, a key, like a license for Windows 10 when you upgrade. Like it doesn't issue you a new license to use, like upgrade to Windows 8 or whatever. And um, and so this this guy that I was reading said, you know, it, your your license is tied to your hardware profile. So based on your hardware profile that it has stored with Microsoft, then it'll activate your Windows and you'll be perfectly fine. So I formatted all my stuff and reinstalled Windows 10 and went to upgrade and I or went to activate Windows and um, it wouldn't activate. It's like, nope, sorry, you don't have an inv- you have an invalid key or whatever. And I couldn't figure out how to get it to activate. Um, and I obviously don't have a Windows 10 key because you're never given one. And so I didn't know what to do. So I actually called Microsoft customer support. And the guy on the phone told me that if I wanted to reinstall Windows 10, I had to install Windows 8 first and then upgrade to Windows 10 from 8. And that was my method to get Windows 10 back on my computer with my license. Awesome. Um, and I said to that, so right now I'm running on an unactivated uh, copy of Windows. So. You're sticking it to him, huh? I, I'm, I'm going to do something because I, I don't – well, part of me is just like, you know, just whatever. Cool, they offered it for free. Yeah, but just go buy a copy. It's like 100 bucks, like whatever. Um, part of me wants to say, okay, I'm going to hack this stuff and I'm going to get me a copy and I'm not going to pay for it because that's like stupid. And like the guy the guy on the phone, you could tell that he'd like uh, – first of all, he didn't speak very good English. But second of all, you could tell that he had dealt with this a lot because <laughs> he was just very – it was very, very canned response. And I'm like, well, that, I'm, I'm like, well that's – and he's like – well, sir, all what you need to do is install Windows 8. I'm like, well, that seems dumb. Why would I have to do that? We're like, well, that's the way it has to be. You have to install Windows 8. And I, you could tell that, that dude has just been, you know, he's seen some over the past few weeks dealing with these calls. Um, so uh, anyway. Uh, so, Legrand, I, I, I respect you as, as a technical mind, as a person who lives in this realm and uh, is savvy in the ways of these sorts of things. But I have to ask you, 
did you see this going any other way? I mean, were you surprised by this? I I assumed that somehow they would it would either have tied to my Microsoft account or something like that that they would know that this hardware profile because I haven't changed my hardware and generally speaking when you buy when you build a new computer you're supposed to get a new license you're not supposed to use an old copy of Windows from an old PC um, since this is the exact same computer that I had a valid Windows 8 key on I assumed that I would be able to either a enter that key and use it for Windows 10 or b it would just do it based on my uh, Microsoft profile. Um, and it didn't. So I really didn't know what to expect because this, I think this is something new for uh, Microsoft to do is to offer this you know, for free without you know, giving you a license. Like with, with Windows 8, I actually had to buy it, but it was only like 40 bucks. Um, and uh, you know, I bought it on two computers back then or whatever. So anyway, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I, I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do. And right now there's just this nice watermark on my desktop that says activate Windows. And it won't allow me to customize like my desktop background unless i actually activate it so wow Jeremy, have, you, have you have you moved to windows 10 i'm sticking on seven i i haven't i'm i'm on eight actually which uh, might explain some of the trouble that i've been having pre-podcast for the last few weeks but uh no i haven't i was kind of waiting to see what happens uh, i think i've got a year to decide don't i don't they uh isn't that as long as the yeah that's right yeah so i'm you know and you can that... still update after a year it just won't be free yeah right right so right. i'm just being that typical bullheaded consumer kind of digging in my heels a little bit yeah, I it, it was fine. It I mean, I don't know. It's fine until it's not. I don't know what drove me to actually just, you know, reformat. I was like, yeah, hey, I'm just going to reformat because, you know, I like to reformat every once in a while and just wipe my drives and uninstall all my games, you know, just basically clean out everything and start from scratch with installing the software that I actually need. Um, so that's what I was doing. And anyway, When you do that, uh, do you – because I know that you can carry most of your stuff over, but have you ever lost any – you know, game saves or anything like that. The ones that mattered, um, I went and checked and make sure they had Steam Cloud support and that they would they were they had uploaded. Um, and then the ones that didn't, I make sure and back those up. The ones that I care about. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do double check that about doing that because it's been forever since I did a a, a clean install of Windows. But I, yeah, at the same time, I don't really notice any issues with my computer. So. You mean you mean Skype isn't crashing like every few minutes on your? No, I mean uh-huh. well, there was just that thing last week where <laughs> I don't know what the heck happened. Yeah, it's been uh, round oh, yeah, robin. I think everybody's had their turn. So. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I guess newsflash: Microsoft is Microsoft. Yes, and that and, leads and off and the it, news. It, <laughs> as awesome as they were trying to be with giving you free Windows 10, it's not exactly free. You still have to. If you ever want to actually have control over your Windows 10, it's you like have free to, candy from a stranger. Basically. You have to buy a copy. It's dumb. Anyway. I don't want to. I don't want to rant too much. But now we've, you know, we've talked five minutes about stupid. Well, you've Windows you've 10. built up that energy, so let's build that energy into <laughs> the news. Well, hey, here's some good stuff. Guild Wars Two is now free to play uh, completely. You don't have to buy it anymore. Um, that it with some restrictions. That, with some restriction, that goes for the uh, main game. So the base game, uh, the expansion, of course, is coming out um, October 23rd. They announced it during a panel at PAX last week. Uh, that's the Heart of Thorns expansion. But the uh, core game is. Uh, free to play as of right now i mean it was free a while ago they're giving some um bonuses to people who have uh you know who have been playing the game and all that type of stuff and basically what they're doing is they're limiting if you're on a free account where you haven't actually bought the new expansion or you haven't bought the regular game it kind of limits you from your you know trading certain things and it limits you from um, doing group chats and stuff like that, as well as your character slots. Um, you can you can buy extra character slots. It comes with, I believe, 
The main game comes with, I believe, six character slots, and you can spend a little, a couple dollars to buy to buy more. Um, but I think this is a really cool. All of your armor is wicker based. No, it's it's, it's the full game. It's like the full everything. You, you can go level all the way to the max. The restrictions level and... are just designed to prevent um, real money transactions and like you know gold farmers from yeah bots and gold farmers. The developing stuff. world ruining. Well, that's not bad. Servers. It actually unlocks some of the additional features as you get higher levels. So once you get to, you can't do like world v world um, combat unless you get to a certain level, that type of thing. So. Um, I think this is really, really cool, mostly because I really like Guild Wars 2, and now there's not really an excuse for someone to not try it out, because um, I think it's a great MMO, and it's my MMO of choice um, when it comes to that. So. It just means our fourth chair, Jared Red Eye Dunn, is going to redouble his efforts to get me to play. Hey, there's no reason for you not to now. You, you already own a copy, don't you? Do you uh, own a copy? No, I, I was playing when they would do like preview weekends and stuff. I don't, so oh, I maybe maybe I'll pick one up at some point. You should, man. It's it's a it's a really well done MMO that kind of it's kind of a very very casual friendly, and that's why I kind of like it. Where you can log on, kind of get your MMO fix, and that's kind of what I do. And then I log off and um, don't play for a few weeks or a few months, and then I feel like you know I should check out Guild Wars too. And I log on and play for ten levels, and I log off, and I don't really you know it doesn't feel like I'm missing anything. There's no end game treadmill in Guild Wars. It just doesn't exist. So um, that's one of the things I really like about it. Uh, next up on the list, um, so Amazon has a new free-to-play Android marketplace. This is kind of an interesting concept of what they're doing. Um, and I think you guys kind of know a little bit more about what's going on because you're Android users. Yeah, I can talk about this a little bit. So, you want to fill us in on exactly what's going on with this? Yeah, so I guess uh, that you know, even in the Gama Sutra article that we referenced, they refer to it as free-to-play, but Amazon prefers to think of it as actually free. In fact, they have a little, uh, you know, a little sash that goes across the icons for the games. Actually free. For real this time. For yeah, we really mean it forever and ever. dot com. Uh, but the uh, the the idea is that anything that would normally be a free to play or sometimes even just a straight up paid app, uh, if it's included in this Amazon Underground uh, marketplace, it is free as free can be. Uh, all the microtransaction stuff is already unlocked. Um, anything that is listed in that service, basically, you can just download and play to your heart's content. Uh, this includes, uh, of course, the wide variety of sort of trashy wear that is all too common in the app stores these days, but also there's some stuff in there. I mean, some of the uh, more high-profile uh, Apps that are there are uh, DuckTales Remastered, the mobile version of that. Uh, Goat Simulator is on there, um, a number of other things as well. And the interesting thing about this, because the first question that comes to mind is, well, how and why are they doing this? Well, the how seems to be that Amazon has negotiated with the app developers to pay them based on the actual amount of playtime that the users invest into the game. Uh, so I think they are uh, withdrawing any... Uh, publishing fees that they would normally charge and simply saying, okay, it's going to be free to users and we will pay you some modicum of money based on how much time people Man, are actually I, I would love to see that data of just how long people spend playing what games. And then as compared to, like, say, the sales of those games and, and the transactions on, like, the App Store, uh, like per capita or something, just that would just be some really fascinating uh, data to sort of dive into. 
Well, sure, you'd love to see that. And that, I mean, that, of course, I mean, part of that, I'm sure the developers have to decide. So there are, of course, some, uh, you know, high-profile free-to-play games that are not in Amazon's uh, underground marketplace. Uh, of course, they probably are the people like... Uh, Puzzles and Hips- Dragons. Yeah, Hipster Whale, you know, the Pac-Man 256, those kinds of people who apparently make millions and millions of dollars a day. Uh, of course, they probably don't have much incentive to do that. But for, you know, middle-of-the-road apps or apps that just don't get a lot of... Uh, publicity generally, uh, you know, for them, they probably would see some kind of uh, benefit from that. Have you guys been playing any um, any games that might fall under this umbrella? Like, I don't know, is Fallout Shelter one of them or something? Like, uh, No, no, Fallout Shelter's not on it. In fact, actually, it doesn't even work within the Amazon App Store. Uh, you actually have to download a, a designated spec- a specific app for this, the Amazon Underground app. And I oh, actually right. haven't, have not yet installed it, because I think it, it's the framework that keeps track of the playtime. And, uh, you know, the app versions mm-hmm. are actually different published versions, so they still will sell the paid versions on the normal App Store. Um, but it's like this wrapper that goes around all of that stuff. So hmm. uh, the the other thing about it, and they you know they have a little open letter on the the Amazon web page where they introduced Underground, and they basically say that uh, I mean I, I think it's pretty clear that they're doing this to try and get a little bit more market share from the Google Play Store. So as you may know, if you use an Android device, the Amazon App Store is not natively installed on Android devices unless they're Amazon. Uh, you know, electronics. Uh, and furthermore, you actually have to allow special security privileges to install the Amazon App Store. And so I think this is their way of trying to make a little more headway into the general Android marketplace. Cool. Well, I, I'm interested to see exactly how this works out for them. Um... I'm actually really pleased to see that there is some movement in the kind of the economy of mobile apps. Uh, it's just been so like Darwinian dog-eat-dog race to the bottom, you know. And this is a really interesting... I'll be interested to see if anybody reacts to this or if it makes a big enough splash that it changes anything in the way those those kinds of things are published and marketed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, moving on, uh, YouTube Gaming uh, was released this last year, this last week. It's uh, You can be found at gaming.youtube.com. This is kind of their um, response to them not being able to purchase Twitch um, when it was for sale, when Amazon ended up picking it up and... Um, I think that they were kind of heartbroken over that. And so they've released YouTube gaming with a broken heart as their, uh, logo. Um, <laughs> and basically, basically what it is, is kind of a wrapper for YouTube where they're like, Hey, you know, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of gaming content on YouTube and a lot of people come to YouTube to find gaming content. Let's, let's make it an actual thing and wrap all that content up in one single, uh, location. And then also, um, so you kind of can go in there and you can look for live games and stuff like in live streams and you can kind of add games to your favorites and those types of things. And then when you click on a specific game, it'll not only load up live streams that are happening uh, for those games, but it'll also um, uh, show you videos from those games as well. Just, you know, standard YouTube videos. So um, I think it's an interesting thing. I think that... Uh, we might see some people coming over and kind of using it as kind of their main. There's a lot of obviously all the streamers generally all congregate at Twitch, and so uh, where this kind of you know streamlines a lot of the posting your stream to YouTube after the fact. Um, it also allows for DVR type recording. So if I log into like a stream of a video game tournament and it's already two hours in, I can actually go back up to like three hours and kind of view the past um, broadcast to kind of catch myself back up in those types of things. Hasn't Twitch been kind of the only game in town? I know the YouTube has had streaming for a little while, but... Uh, there's another service called Hitbox. Hitbox. 
Yeah. I don't think I've ever... Yeah, no, there. so, the, so but like you say, though, I mean, Twitch has pretty much been the only game in town up to this point. I mean, they've, the, the, I mean, it's almost synonymous with the idea of, yeah. you know, well, live-streaming video There games. was Ustream for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, Ustream, in fact, you can still, still there's around. support for that on the PlayStation 4, but like you mentioned, LeGrand, I mean, almost something approaching 100% of Twitch streamers are also already on YouTube. I mean, you can get anything right. on YouTube pretty much that you got on Twitch. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, YouTube is almost, a, you know, the Pepsi to Twitch's Coke, but... Yeah, I wonder if, is YouTube going to remove, like, functionality that, from Twitch now that they're competing in a certain... So, I don't know. Uh, I don't see them doing... I mean, I feel like they would rather have it than not, uh, yeah. but then also offer more that people would just be natively doing their stuff at their site instead. So, uh, right. I mean, YouTube is obviously much, much bigger than Twitch generally, and uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird dynamic between the two of them now. It's it's just been a week, but I haven't really... I, I don't know. Have you guys heard of anyone... I- I, I, I kind of poke back, I poke into it every once in a while and just say, hey, what's going on here? And I click on like, so I added like Hearthstone and I added Heroes of the Storm to like my gaming favorites and those types of things. And I click on them and there's usually not a lot of really good live stuff going on. I found a few that had like maybe a few hundred viewers, but nothing like the, you know, the 10,000, you know, Kriparian or Amaz Hearthstone streams and those types of things uh, that's going on over um, at Twitch. I think what they really need to kind of kickstart this is a big mainstream tournament um, to broadcast through YouTube rather than Twitch, right? Um, that'll kind or of get people excited, like an E3 and, event or something like that. Yeah, so I think time will tell to see. I mean, YouTube obviously is the company that could do this and really compete with Twitch at this point. So um, we'll kind of see where it goes, I guess, from now. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 um, has received a well a release timeline. They're look. They've confirmed. I believe they confirmed at PAX this last week that. Uh, they will. They are planning on releasing Final Fantasy 15 in 2016. Of course, we don't have an exact date. They plan on announcing that sometime next year as well. But um, we will. I think this is yet to see if Final Fantasy 16 or 15 will come out next year. Um, they're historically, you know, games that have been delayed and those types of things. So. Especially since they've been doing like public beta tests of their, you know, like that demo that they did. I'm just in the last 12 months, and now hey, it's coming out next year. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, it's that'll next year will be ten years since Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen was announced. So yeah, that's crazy. That was the game that you know apparently became FF Fifteen. So yeah, so I think all of us are somewhat Final Fantasy fans. So I think we all look forward to see when that game will actually come out. Yep. Uh, Shovel Knight is getting its own amiibo. This is the first third-party amiibo. So this is one that Nintendo is actually not producing. This is being produced, um, created by Yacht Club, who is the uh, pub- or the developer behind the the smash indie hit Shovel Knight, which is an amazing game. Um, so this is a really cool looking figure. I guess it's been in the works for about a year now, but uh, they're going to be um, releasing, I believe, in November. Um, it looks really really cool, and it's going to unlock new you know, new content in the Wii U and I believe the 3DS versions of Shovel Knight. So, so are you guys um, amiibo collectors to any degree? I have. Four of them sitting on my shelf, but not really. I bought the uh, Splatoon ones because I was in New York and I needed a reason to buy something for the Nintendo store, so I bought some Amiibo. But Jeremy, um, how about you? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I might. Uh, I have sort of been a little bit of a conscientious Amiibo objector, but Shovel Knight <laughs> is pretty attractive. I I just wish Amiibo were more than what they are. Is all. Um, I, I think that the uh, figures are really, really cool, and I would like to have a couple of them just to have you know these ne- these awesome, high quality figures. But I'm not willing to jump through the hoops that are required to get 
the amiibo. Right. Like it's it's too much. I'm just not up for that. So, um, I really haven't done it. What about you, Dale? You you probably you don't have a Wii U. You don't have a, no, no, I don't have no any. Desire I don't have any amiibo either. I mean, there are some that work with 3DS games, though, aren't there? The uh, Smash Brothers stuff. Yeah. Works. So I mean, I could conceivably with the new 3DS get into that at some point without buying a a, a Wii U, but I, I I doubt it. I mean, lately my my daughter has been taken to playing my um handheld systems a little bit more so she she kind of likes mario um but she likes spelunky too so you know i am a good father so (laughs) (laughs) uh steam hardware pre-orders are getting bonuses so if you pre-order steam hardware uh for through steam and if you have pre-ordered you get a free copy of rocket league which is an awesome game and portal 2 which you probably already have um, so they're doing a little bit of cross promotion there, trying to get people to get excited about Steam hardware. Uh, not necessarily sure if it's going to work. I think we really need to um, get you know the Steam controller in people's hands, and um, you know the Steam box, the link or whatever is nothing more than a stream your PC, your TV device, which we already have devices that handle that um, in other ways. Um, but uh, yeah, they're trying to kind of pump sales up for that. You guys getting uh, any Steam hardware? I know that Jeremy's am, a big PC I'm pretty gamer. interested in that controller. Yeah, I'm very curious about the controller. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think I don't want to pre-order one, but I am interested to actually check it out and see if it is something that'll actually. I'll work wait for until me. the first round of them are out because there's liable to be hardware defects and and whatnot. Right, and my my brother has pre-ordered one, so I will be able to get my hands on one and kind of try it out. So, uh, Clint Hawking, who is a, a veteran of Ubisoft, a developer that worked on the Splinter Cell Chaos Theory game as well as uh, Far Cry 2, he uh, left Ubisoft way back in the day um, and is now making his way back around. He, uh, yeah, he's... I believe he worked for LucasArts and he ended up working for Valve for a while, so... went over to Amazon, and now um, he's moving back over. He's moving to Toronto, and then and now he's kind of kind of getting back in with Ubisoft. So, um. That's uh you, you guys uh you guys follow that. I'm a, guys... a real big fan of Far Cry 2. Uh, I thought that game was awesome. Um, and I to my shame I haven't played three or four yet, and I haven't played Splinter Cell Chaos Theory either. Or was it Chaos Theory? Yeah. Uh, was the, that the third one? That was the was third, third one. one yeah, I only played the yeah. first one ever, but I, I would like to go back and play that at some point because um, uh, yeah, Far Cry 2 was awesome, and apparently I, I think he was the director on both of those games as well as. Prob- like probably having worked on several things before that as well, um, uh-huh. but yeah, for ever since he left them after Far Cry Two, uh, like I kept hearing, oh, he went to, you know, like you said, LucasArts, Valve, whatever. It's like, oh, okay, well, like probably the next thing he's gonna make is gonna be awesome, you know? It's like, but it's been like five years or so without mm-hmm. anything having come out, or probably seven years at this point, because I think if I remember when Far Cry Two came out, but yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I guess full circle, right? Maybe he's going to be working on yeah. the next Assassin's Creed, who knows? Or the, yeah, maybe the next, uh, another Splinter Cell game. Or back Do to Far Cry. One of those in the work right now? Do you guys know? Probably. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. There's probably something going on. Don't they on always, there. right? I guess something like that. Uh, so, yeah, an Assassin's Creed movie is um, going to be a thing. Um, the. Uh, the uh, actor Michael Fassbender has been spotted with. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, imagery and pictures. And you stuff may know him as Magneto in the '60s timeline of the movies. Yeah, he's uh, in yeah in the X Men movies, right? In like, uh, yeah. was that First Class? First Class and Days of Future Past. Right, right. Those are both pretty uh, good. 
Anyway, what, what it's looking like, so he's going to be playing a um, 15th century Spanish um, assassin as well as the modern-day counterpart. Um, and it seems, it looks like this is, and me and Dale were kind of chatting about this before, but it looks like that the uh, they're looking to do a separate story, not trying to just recreate a character um, from the game that is, uh, you know, on the big screen. They're, you know, they're not bringing an Ezio or a, or a Connor to to a movie, they're actually going to make a whole separate storyline, you know, surrounding another assassin. Um, and there's, it's going to be actually part of the timeline that, it, you know, is the Assassin's Creed universe. Um, so being a big fan of the Assassin's Creed uh, franchise in general, I'm pretty excited to see what they can come up with. <clears throat> yeah, I'll be going to see it. I think it's actually coming out within probably a couple of weeks of the Warcraft movie, too. So Ooh. I was saying on Twitter, I'm going to make it a double header. Dueling banjos. Let's see be what awesome. video game movie is the best. And the Warcraft movie, I don't think that Blizzard's going to screw that one up. I don't think they would let it screw up. It's the, I think that's they would... a really good director too, Duncan Jones. Right. So, I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody sets out to make a bad movie, but <laughs> well, Blizzard, <laughs> know, they, they, they would probably lose money. They would probably cancel it and lose money before they would release a bad product. That's kind of the way Blizzard rolls. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the Warcraft movie and. Um, the way that this is kind of shaping up to be, you know, where it's not just a recreation of the game, you know, I think it has good potential. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. And that's your news. So that's is there anything else you guys want need to talk about there, or do you want to move into new releases? Jeremy, do you want to take a minute and, and talk just, just newsy, newsy news stuff about uh, Destiny? Because I know that you've been playing Destiny. Yeah, there's only one real current events thing going on right now in Destiny. And, and if you're hearing this uh, and you haven't already started, it might be a little bit too late. But this is the last, say, week in which you can uh, do all of the uh, triumphs, I think they're calling them, where uh, if you achieve a certain number of uh, eight or nine things from Bungie's you know, Wheel of Triumph, uh, you can get the Loria Prima, I guess it's an emblem or something, that shows that you did all of the coolest things in year one. So this includes things like participating in 50 community events, you know, as you're going on patrol, there are just little random events that might happen, and you need to successfully complete 50 of those. Uh, it includes uh, sort of humdrum things like, you know, completing the main story, uh, doing a few of the raids or high-level uh play modes on hard and, and completing those successfully as well. Uh, right now I am sort of in Destiny grind mode. I've been doing Iron Banner all week to get a few pieces of etheric light to, to level up and to try doing a, a Skolas uh, hard uh, event. So if you're interested in that, uh, take a look at it. Loria Prima is what you'll want to search for and you can actually go to Bungie.net and see what progress you've already made just through the natural course of things uh, and they will be assigning those uh, um, signing those little doodads out after the Taken King releases. How uh, how close are you to getting where you need to be? Pretty close. I, I've got all of it. I had to I had to get some golden chests that I hadn't gotten, and I basically need to do the three hard mode uh, events. I need to do Vault of Glass on hard. I need to do the Crota uh, Crota's End. I think it is on hard, and then also there's a Skolas. Uh, mission on hard as well so i've got friends who've been doing that stuff like repeatedly forever so i'm just going to get them to drag me through it i'm actually almost uh, i'm going to be level 34 here which i think is probably about what it takes to get through Whoa. some of those so Isn't that a, that's as high as you can get right now right uh i think there are people who are 35 but 34 for the average folks is probably wow. probably about max but uh yeah so i i don't anticipate having too much trouble assuming i have the time to dedicate to it i did a sort of a pre 
empty vault of glass run, my very first one ever, actually, uh, earlier today with some randoms using... Uh, did, have either of you guys ever used Destiny LFG, looking for group? Uh, no, that website. No. It actually works really well. I have to say, on PlayStation 4, uh, the way you can do it is you just list yourself on this group and then you stay active on there for about five minutes, so it's a very sort of ad hoc in the moment kind of thing. And you can actually just have people invite you to, on PlayStation 4, you can just use the party chat function where you can invite a random person whose username you know, and then from that random chat, you can also join someone else's session directly. So within five to ten minutes, I was doing a Vault of Glass run with complete strangers, and we got through it in about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Tops. Wow. So it actually worked out really well, and I probably could do it with randos, but I've got some really hardcore friends, and I'm going to see if I can get them to, like I said, drag me through it. But uh, yeah, that, that's the, the biggest uh, immediate urgent news on Destiny, so look, look for that if you're interested. Loria Prima is what you're looking for. Um, I was kind of just, I don't know if we can fold it into the news or whatever, but um, I was looking at a little bit of the news about the Taken King, which is the Destiny expansion slash you know, this year's main Destiny release, I guess, that's coming out here in just a couple of weeks. Um, and it seems like they're really sort of taking a, a, a big swipe at some of the gripes that a lot of people have had with Destiny, yeah. myself included. Um, and I don't know if they're quite doing the, like, Blizzard, Diablo 3, like, you know, 180 on a bunch of things and, and um, upping loot drops and, and fixing a million different things. I don't know if they're quite going to that extent, but it sounds like they're doing some pretty heavy um, overhaul work, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they're retooling the experience system. So instead of after getting to level 20, letting your armor dictate your sort of competency level, uh, they're going to a straight XP system, which is sort of the most natural thing you would assume is the way it works. Uh, they're redoing a lot of the uh, weekly and daily modes to try and make them just a little bit more relevant. Uh, they're doing things like taking away the, you know, on the nightfall events, if you if you party wipe, you have to you actually exit the mission and have to start over, not only from the beginning of the mission, but you have to load and everything. Uh, so they they definitely are uh, taking some some fairly core pieces of that and uh, and and going back over it. So it it it, it approaches the the Blizzard level of of redo. And it's making me really curious to see if the if these changes would be enough to to make it a a good game in my eyes. You know what I mean? I, I kind of want to pick it up eventually too, but we'll see when that actually happens. I'm not yeah. sure. All right. Let's move into new releases and kind of rip through these. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do those pretty quick. Let me get through these here. So sure. uh, in the, the, the big one, uh, actually two big ones, I think. The, the biggest ones this week, of course, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PlayStation Vita. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's coming awesome. out <laughs> coming out on all kinds of stuff, although you could remote play it on your PlayStation 4. So in a, in a way, uh-huh. it's on that Vita legacy platform. Uh, that's that's probably the biggest one, biggest <laughs> high-profile one. Uh, Disney Infinity 3.0, uh, the Star Wars saga, uh, is coming out on all kinds of platforms, including Wii U. Um, looks it's like getting good reviews. I've I've seen. Yeah, you know they kind of say the same thing though every time. They're like, oh, it's better than it was last time, but then it's still not quite as good as you'd really want it to be. Um, yeah. I'm really interested to see. They say the toy box mode is is really improved this time, and to me that is like probably the most interesting thing about about Disney Infinity over other um, toy based games. Um, so the other, well, the only other toy based game. Well, the other one that's coming out is is Lego, and uh, from from what I can tell by all accounts, it's and I think I I went on record on this show weeks and weeks ago saying you know if the Lego game is basically just one of the Traveler's Tale games with swappable characters by putting little Lego pieces on a portal, 
that's the worst possible outcome. And from what I can tell, that's exactly what it's going to be. So uh, mm-hmm. Disney Infinity, though, just has that creativity thing to it where you can start putting pieces together a little bit like Minecraft with some extra cool uh-huh. logic parts in it. Uh, and and that's, that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to is that gets a little more competent every time. And that's where it gets really interesting. Um, I guess we uh, we may have talked about this a little bit before Danganronpa. Uh, maybe it was some no, you know it was Steins Gate last week. Uh, was Steins Gate, we talked yeah. About. Yeah. So uh, a few other things on here. I know you had some other stuff on the list there. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned Mad Max, right? Uh, no, I did not. It was okay. Well, it's it's uh, releasing the same day as Metal Gear Solid Five, which is kind of a shame because it that also looks like a good game, and um, there's a lot of people that would probably enjoy both that may end up picking one out at half price later on. Uh, but that's the fall for you, right? So you yeah. got Mad Max. Um, you got Azure Striker Gun Vault, which uh, this is a – I saw this coming to Steam. What this is is like uh, – I think it's an Inti Creates game. It's a Mega Man-esque. It's sort of a Mega Man clone. I think that this is a Keiji Inafune joint shortly after he left Capcom and before Mighty Number no. 9, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know um, they've even had like crossover games. Like there was something on the 3DS that was kind of I can't remember what it was called. That's what uh, that's what this was. It was Oh, was that Oh, is that this? Well, hold on. Uh, sorry, cuz there's there's also Mighty Gunvolt. There's Mighty, Mighty Gunvolt and yes. Azure Striker Gunvolt and That's yep. One or both of them lets you play as the character from Mighty Number no. 9 as well or something yes, like that. Yes. I believe that's as correct. As a bonus, you know. But anyway, this is coming out on Steam. Um I also noted that the uh what are they calling that? The Mega Man Super Collection or whatever? Mega Man 1 through Legacy 6? Legacy Collection. Legacy Collection. Yeah, that is uh-huh. also out on Steam. I think that was on the list last week. But We talked about it on Wednesday when you were away. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there you go. If you're into Mega Man and you have a PC, you are covered, my friend. Um, also out this week, apparently, is a new Nobunaga's Ambition game. Uh, or Nobunga's Ambition. I like to call it Nobunga's Ambition, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nobunga! <laughs> Nobunga's Ambition. That's how I knew it. I have no it. idea what this is. Uh, these are... It's like as the... As far uh, as I know, they're like hardcore strategy war games. With uh, Yeah, it's like... It's like uh, Destiny... Or not Destiny Warrior. Uh, God. Dynasty Warrior. Yeah, Dynasty Warrior or uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Like that sort of thing. Yeah, it's more of the... That, uh, exactly... Sangoku Muso, which is the romance of the three kingdoms, uh, but yeah. not the like I'm a guy with an, a weapon killing hundreds of dudes at once sort of game. Yeah. This is more like supply lines and you know commanding armies and, and stuff. Logistics. I, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever actually really played one except maybe on the NES at some point. I was gonna say so, the really old ones. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to check this out, and and I might do so. Uh, and finally, bringing up the, the rear of the new releases, because it's been out in early access for a while, is a game called Satellite Rain, which is a cyberpunk um, adventure, tactical, isometric yeah. sort of I game. Think, uh, I think Jared talked about playing that a, a few weeks ago. Did he stream it at one point? I think he did. I believe I he did, yes. I think he did. Check, yeah. check YouTube.com yeah, slash Game Byte Show. As of now. So yeah. go and pick that up if that's what you're... If that's what you're into, if that's what floats your boat. All right. Cool. Nobunaga. Nobunga. Nobunga. Well, all right. Go over to tech-gaming.com to see everything else that came out that we weren't interested in. That's correct. Um, So uh, Dale kind of had a great idea for a topic to kind of just kind of toy around with and kind of talk about. So uh, I'll kind of let you cue that up for us. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about um, the the notion of progression 
within games and whether it's like a, an insidious way of tapping into our like lizard brain to make us play more of something that we're not really that attached to uh, just in the way that you might chew uh, a piece of straw <laughs> you know just to be doing something right if you were a farmer say um, or if it is a sense of progression in a game um, is it what makes a game stick? Is that what you go to to play games for? Or can you have a more pure gaming experience without that? Like, say you you just play, um, you know, a game of Dota or Call of Duty or, or God of War or whatever it happens to be without really paying any sort of attention to, like, the levels that you gain, the ex experience and the new armor or the new hat that you earned or, or what whatever it is. What do you well, guys think? I think pro I think progression is a way of masking the fact that you're sort of just wasting time. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, wh whether 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 progression is given to you in the sense of you know I'm leveling my character or I'm you know getting more gems or something like that. I mean, even in even in games like Tetris, you know, there's a, a sense of I'm going to get further than I did last time, or oh, oh so, you know, but see, way. that's real progression. That's like you're developing a skill. I mean, it's not like it's not going to get you anywhere in life, maybe, but it's it's something that um, you are actually getting better at accomplishing this challenge. Whereas um, a lot of games, like you know, just take like a Dragon Quest, where you go out and fight the same slime a hundred times and you do it the same way every time, you're getting progression, but are you really, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of the same with your real-life bank account, right? I mean, you can get more dollars, but it doesn't really mean that you've grown as a person. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Are you, are you making the deep, distinction between... Deep thoughts. Are you, yeah, are you making the distinction between something that you achieve, like, physically or mentally versus something that's happening completely digitally? Like, oh, I got this random drop. Uh, I got an epic loot, in, something like that? Yeah. Well, for, for me right now, it's... um. You know, my biggest crutch when it comes to this, you know, exactly what Dale's talking about, where our lizard brains, like, they, we just like to feel good about getting better at something. You know what I mean? So, for me right now, it's Diablo 3 is my gaming, my gaming progression crutch, where, I mean, the new season just started, and I started a brand new character at zero, even though I have that same class at max level right now. Why? I don't know, because I can start over during the new season and earn the season rewards and level up another character, the same character again, um, to max level. And, uh, and I, I have sat back and I thought, you know, why, why don't I just play the character at max level and just, uh, and get better gear for that character and get better gear for that character. Why am I starting again? And well, the reason is because I want to unlock the, the mount in heroes of the storm and I want to play with my friends and I want to, you know, in order to play with your friends that are also playing season characters, you have to have a, a character season in that character. season mm -hmm. um so uh diablo's diablo's got its hooks in me and they're doing it because of you know and th that is that for me right now is the quintessential essential progression based game where you can mindlessly do the same thing over and over and over and over and over for hours and hours and hours and they're they're slowly adding more ways for you to eat more easily level up and i think blizzard has done a really good job of doing this especially with like the uh with world of warcraft it's constantly becoming you know easier to level up not only to max level but also at max level to continue to progress your character um and that is what keeps people playing those games is they like the feeling of 
yeah. uh, getting better. Probably because they're not getting better in real life. So they're just... So I, I think uh, I'd like know. to maybe kind of draw a little bit of a stink distinction between... Um, so you could sit there and, like, if hypothetically, if there was a, a Diablo 3 game where there was no gaining levels, it was just the tactile action feel of driving a character around and banging on other things and they explode and it's that's your sort of Pavlov's dog reaction is just the seeing the the graphical effects and knowing that your barbarian is just a wicked storm of death or whatever um is it maybe because because all games are just recreation right like you mentioned sitting there um mindlessly clicking buttons or whatever is is that in itself fun enough to keep you playing and i guess this is the the question i'm asking is if you didn't have a progression system would you still be doing that or or not and that's kind of what i'm trying to to figure out when it comes to a game like like um destiny so as i mentioned i was kind of interested in the um the expansion for destiny that's coming out i picked up the game again the other day and started playing it a little bit each night hence um, and what I've been doing is, is sort of telling myself, oh, I'm going to make a little bit of progression um, in, the, in the fact that I might find a piece of armor that has just like a, about a quarter's level of light on it that will progress my character to, to some, you know, arbitrary next goal. Or, or you know, I'm going to go and do a patrol mission where I can um, kill 200 things and then I'll, I'll earn a little bit of uh, faction credit or whatever you know that's this like these little baby steps of progression and i'm sitting there thinking like would would i be doing this without that sort of next thing to work to or or not um, i think it i think it comes down to well in the case of diablo I'm, I'll, I'll give two examples um well for me specifically for in the case of diablo like everyone for me, the gameplay is fun. Uh, the story is crap. Um, it was kind of interesting playing through it and kind of seeing it. But if there was no reason to come back to continually progressing, progress my character in Diablo, I don't think I would be playing Diablo. I mean, sure, it's mindless and it's fun and it's cool to click on stuff, but ultimately that does become tire and tiresome um, if you're not getting that you know hit of uh, dopamine every time you see a new legendary drop type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, but on the other angle, uh, Call of Duty 4 um, was a game that, um, while they did release, have the leveling system and the different unlocks that you would get and the loadouts and things like that, um, I found myself playing that game over and over. And once you get to max level um, on the PC, there was no prestige like that was on the console where I hit max level in Call of Duty and I played hundreds of hours after that without any sense of progression. It was just more skill-based, like me getting better. Um, and I think that a skill-based game has a different sense of progression, like an FPS, like a Team Fortress 2 or something like that, um, where... Your progression is more, I'm getting better at the game. Same with like a StarCraft too. Like I'm getting better at the game and I, I feel cool when I can do cooler things and progress myself. Um, for a mindless game like a World of Warcraft or a, a Diablo 3, where it really is not very skill-based. It's like who, you know, what you, you, the progression is purely gameplay-based yeah. and purely in-game items-based. Um, and then, you know... To kind of combine those two, as Call of Duty has continued to evolve, um, they've kind of combined the skill base with the idea of you know leveling your character is going to yeah I'd say give those you, are probably some of the bonuses some of the best games that that 
combine the two. Like you mentioned, StarCraft, Dota, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's any number of those that, that combine a sense of actually getting better at playing the game with leveling up your, your profile, getting more cosmetic rewards, etc. Right. I kind of wonder if there are any true games, quote-unquote, that don't have some kind of sense of progression. Um, I'm not sure where this came from, but did you guys ever hear the idea of kind of the hierarchy from going to from a toy to a puzzle to a game? So a toy is something that has no object. There's no point to it. You just kind of play around with it, and it's fun. I mean, this could be something like... Uh, um, a ball, kind of, or you know, or or something that has delay. Like, what was that one? The um, there there was that uh, flash based thing that was basically like, here's falling sand, and here's water, and here's fire, and you can kind of make them. You know, there's you just uh-huh. basically tool around with it, and there's nothing to it. Then you might have something where there's a puzzle where you're sort of working toward one like achievable end, like a jigsaw puzzle, and you're just trying to you know make pieces work together. And then you get to another la- layer of abstraction where you have a game where there are actual rules or points or there's some sense of uh well i guess progress i mean i guess for for lack of of another word um i mean can you think of an idea can you think of an example of a game that has no progress of any kind because i i would suggest that that's probably either i would a say like nobi nobi boy but that might be more of a toy you know right exactly, exactly. well it does have it does have progressing girl out into space yeah, i guess that's true but it that's sort of just like hey you played with it so here you know and, and yeah. again it's just layers of abstraction i mean Legrand mentioned for blizzard and and for diablo in particular uh you know there's there's the sort of micro abstraction where it's like well i have this character and i get this loot but then they also add layers on top of that where okay now we have a season so hey it's a new season you might want to start this new season and then on top of that they even have well actually if you do this then you can also earn things for other games too um, I mean, the closest I can think of to something that is just as bare, uh, and I don't know if it would fall under the category of toy, but do you guys remember Cookie Clicker a few months back? I mean, maybe a year or two uh-huh. ago. Yeah. Did you guys ever, did you ever try that at all? Yeah. I've done I Progress got... Quest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, st- stuff like that, where it is literally nothing more than a bald faced, almost like a joke of, you know, yeah. hey, let's it's see a, if yeah, you can do parody. this. Let's see who's going to actually fall for this. Yeah. And some people yeah. do. Some people really do. And, you know, like yeah. you guys were saying, I, I think there are probably two two things. I mean, one is you're going to have a sense of progress of some kind, whether it's internal that you feel, you know, you get digital goods or, or maybe you do feel like you're acquiring a skill or getting better at something. But then, of course, there has to be the, the fact that it's engaging enough that it's not completely odious and you're just going to keep doing it because it's actually enjoyable to do and i think any and and i think that's what game makers try and strive to combine is and that's kind of the the line that i'm looking for um a lot of times is is when i'm playing a game that i'm less than completely in love with um i do sometimes find myself drawn back to a game just to make progress when if the progression progression system wasn't there, I might not do that. And in that in that case, you have to wonder: Well, is the making progress fun? I mean, is that why I'm doing this? Because obviously, there's there's some base need in my psyche that makes me want to do this. Is it healthy though? Is it is it an addictive thing? Like, or is it is it an unhealthy addiction? Or is it 
real fun, you know? I can think of one time recently where I actually crossed that line, and that was with Fallout Shelter. I had a really slow burn with that game, just, like, trying to figure it out, and, like, we talked about when we, when we mentioned it on the show, you know, you kind of are slowly balancing, like, oh, I'm going to increase this, oh, but that means I'm going to have to increase this other thing. And so at first I was really tentative with it, and then I got into it where I was checking my phone every 10 minutes. I mean, I was just going to say, okay, let me start tapping some things and, and get, you know, and then I realized, I mean, at that point, you know, my engagement with the game went way, way up, and it started to make me think, like, what am I doing? Yeah. And, and I and the abstraction layers were peeled away, and I could see to the center of the universe or something like that. And I was just <laughs> like, no. And I and I uninstalled it. So I think that if you really sit down and and just ask yourself some hard questions about what you know whatever game it is you've been playing a lot lately, whether it's Destiny or Diablo or Cookie Clicker, um, I think if you really look deep inside yourself, you can probably you you can probably talk some sense into yourself and say you know this is not really getting me anywhere. And so I you're saying the the abyss stares back? Uh, kind of. I mean, you know, they. I mean, obviously there's an intelligence on the other side, and that is of course the people who are making the games. I mean, they know what they're doing, and you know what they're doing, and you're sort of engaging in a consensual you know, activity, so to speak. Mm. Um, and it's just a question of whether they can make it enough worth your while, whatever that means to you, that you keep on doing it. So, Dale, uh, would you consider progression? So if I'm playing a single-player-only game where I'm just basically playing through a story, think like a heavy rain or some sort of a, um, you know... An, uh, Walking Dead or something? Walking Dead sort of RPG type of thing, like a Telltale game or something like that. Would you Would you consider progression of progressing through a story along the same category of this progression, or would you think that it's more tied to character levels and, you know, that type of progression? Um, I, I would, I would say more toward the latter, but, but I mean, yeah, you could sort of consider that because if the only reason that you're playing through something is plot, um, then you could almost say it falls under the category of like book or movie, you know, it's like you're uh-huh. only there for that reason. And yeah, you're doing a few interactive things, but, the main reason that you're there is to experience the plot that they've laid out for you. Um, yeah, I, I would slightly divorce that a little bit and, and say that I'm more interested in whether or not I'm being like manually manipulated in my head with these insidious systems that make me do things I wouldn't otherwise do. I, I think it's absolutely a thing, which is why after the success of Call of Duty 4 and its successors that everyone started kind of, that was really the big game that kind of kicked off that, especially in the FPS genre where the sense of leveling and, and you know, the original Battlefield 2, you know, none of the Battlefield games had progression until Battlefield, you know, Bad Company 2, I believe. Um, and and that was kind of, that came shortly after Call of Duty 4 kind of, you know, took this off and it kind of became a thing. And I think that... Uh, I think game developers absolutely know what they're doing and they know that hey we you know we can get you to play this in prestige 10 times in your Call of Duty account because um you know either hey, your buddy A did. you 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 like to continue progressing or B you like to get to a point where you are higher level than your friends and that's your sense of you know I'm better than you type of thing. Oh yeah there was speaking of that there was a thing I don't remember if it was an article I was reading or like a podcast or something but they were talking about the um have the whale phenomenon in like a lot of these sort of um, uh, free to play games that are that are really bad about taking advantage of people by having people that these people that spend like ten thousand dollars on you know whether it's Candy Crush or whatever and and they're into it gets to a point with some of the people that the only reason they did it was to to spend more money and, and beat their friend who had spent just as much money you know what I mean and right. so it's like it's not even about the game at that point it's like it's the whole kind of like status symbol thing. 
it's almost like you know this is just another version of driving a ferrari you know right yeah and then the question becomes are they developing for that rather than for something that's actually rewarding well, right. I mean, free-to-play developers are absolutely developing for that because that's how they make their money. They make, they don't make their money off of me spending 99 cents. They make their money off of these guys spending thousands of dollars. Um, so they absolutely are catering those games um, to their customers. To that crowd. Yeah. yeah. And those are their customers. They don't they don't care about me. That you know, I I bought I, I downloaded Fallout Shelter and never bought a lunchbox. I never put money into Fallout Shelter. Like they don't care about me. They care about the people. Well, who are actually they, they buy do those though. I mean, you're still part of that ecosystem. You you play your part. You know, where if you talk about it or have we're a podcast about it, we're like plankton or... in the net when they're looking for a whale. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. Right. right, but but yeah, we, without you there, I mean, there is less. I, in fact, I was reading an article just recently about why the people who don't pay the money are also something that that uh, those those kinds of developers consider. I mean, in order you can't you can't build a game and just have those really obsessive people. It just it just doesn't work that right. way. And you have to have a you know sort of a hierarchy of different kinds of people playing your game in order to really make it a success. You can't have wheat without chaff. Sure. Yeah. I suppose that's true. And uh, listeners, if you have been entrenched in our insidious ecosystem, uh, you may know that we will be back at the middle of this next week. Uh, But until then, if there's something that you'd like to say to us about what we've talked about on this show, if there's something that we've missed or something that you'd like us to discuss, you can reach out to us. As a group, we can be reached at Show on Twitter. You can reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I'm at Count underscore Elmdor. And as we mentioned earlier, Jared Redeye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I, who will be doing our Twitch and possibly YouTube uh, video streams uh, at least once or twice a week. And uh, you can find our archives at youtube.com slash GameBytesShow. Uh, go check out our website, GameBytesShow.com, and you can see all of those things and so much more. And uh, until next time, this has been your Game Bite Show. We appreciate you joining us, uh, you whales out there, but uh, also you little planktons. We love you too. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.